yo 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 hello fellas what's the word jay bizzle that is not the black crows that is not <laughs> definitely not the black crows however they did a good version they did a great version uh and i hate to admit this growing up in a house that actually had this album i thought it was theirs for a long long time very embarrassing you know i until i was i was this many days old when i learned it wasn't theirs oh yeah <laughs> by listening to the voice yeah it's not the black crows and i i've never heard this version i've never heard the original this i'm is, assuming this is the original this is the mr otis redding yeah you guys is like that, that? doc in the bay guy does sit down is that the i don't know guy? keep going i don't, I don't recognize that song <laughs> is that a famous song <laughs> Oh, yes. gentlemen, we're yes. back. We're back. We're back. Um, we are, we, we got another, yet another, we say it over and over again. Uh, the, the, our guest list continues to kind of amaze me. I don't know about you two, but I get giddy on uh, record days. I do too. I'm excited. And I think I'm hoping um, we have a lot of pride, all three of us in this thing. And it's really snowballing and we're starting to have a lot of fun. Not starting. We've been having a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I know everybody thinks when you're doing something, it's the, the end thing. I hope our fans and people that are listening are really enjoying these personalities that we are having on with discussing the various issues that we discuss. It's between two ferns soccer style. You know, simple, fun, uh, yeah, I, pub style. I did a, a mock version of between two ferns for a corporate gig one time. No, oh, Jesus. It <clears throat> was hilarious. Is it for Salesforce? Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. No, it was for uh, Knowledge Lake, which was a company here in St. Louis. Still is. But I'm assuming it had to be PC and PG all at the same time? <sighs> yes. How, uh, I mean, how hard is it to be funny when you can't curse or be crude? Nate Bargatze would tell you, and Jim Gaffigan, not that hard. Or Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. I mean, let's, let's go back in time. Bill Cosby did it all the time. See how that turned out? I, I don't think those are what's danny that? tanner's real name <laughs> yeah. bob saget oh yeah because he I was real live. pg and then um go see that guy well he's he's dead now i know okay but um he meant on netflix and chill because <laughs> <laughs> that guy is way funnier when he's not the dad he, on full he, house he played uh a guitar and sang i saw him at helium uh, about six months before he died here in st louis and he played a couple of songs that he'd written that were <laughs> so yeah. made your ears hurt. Yes, uh, it was. I loved it. Loved. Well, it. I guess Jack Black can pull that off, though. The yeah, whole I PG mean, PC thing. Yeah, Brian Regan. There's a lot of guys. Adam out Sandler. There. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, l- let's thank the organizations that continue to support us and help us. You know, just keep having fun doing this. Uh, Crescent Plumbing Supply, I was um, looking at some of their stuff today because we are in the market for a bathroom and I'm absolutely dreading it. Legitimately. I mean, because you guys know that I was a GC for a long time, right? Hire somebody, dude. That the, but here's the problem, though. Yes, fundamentally speaking, that is the smartest, absolutely You're most too brilliant. busy. I know, but I'm also OCD with that stuff. So when they leave well, then it... then hire somebody good. That's not the point. They leave at 3.30, and at 3.31, I'm going to be standing there with the tape measure on everything. I won't do it in front of them, 
but then I won't sleep. So I'd but rather not do, sleep if it's my own stuff. So my, one of my one of my best friends moved to like Winsville and something brand new. Oh my and god! He, he's, yeah. he's and he's very particular. Water well and his dad was a contractor. Septic tank. He does all his own things, but he hires out specialists like yeah, no, electricians I and plumbers and things like that. No, he I, does all the design, does all the construction part. I I typically I will bring in a plumber for the macro water and the drain. I'll set all the finishes. Electric anymore? I'll do all the electric except for panel work. And you know, framing and all the other stuff. It's just a monkey can YouTube it. And the trick is, if you have the tools, and you have to have the tools. And that's kind of the problem I have in my house because my wife knows those tools are in the garage. So the honey do list is never like. uh, Can you change? I don't think Jared and I have that problem. I might have the tools, but Manny's like, I think you should just probably call somebody. Yeah. I opened my toolbox the other day, and I had. Um, Bottle caps, dog toenail clippers in there. <laughs> fishing I had six lighters. Fishing lures. <laughs> I had six fishing lighters. Lures. I had sixteen lighters. <laughs> yeah. I had a little box that you put a key in to put underneath <laughs> your car, like a magnetic box, and some thumbtacks. <laughs> How about that list? In and the that's toolbox? Been, that's been your your toolbox since college. <laughs> that's what your dad gave you when you went to Missouri State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It started <laughs> off with crayons and rubber erasers. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, I will be hook, uh, giving Angie a call at the Crescent Plumbing Showroom and start to build this thing out. Random time. question. Are they related to the Crescent Supply as well, or is that a wholly separate entity? I should know that, and I'm going to defer. Okay. We'll find out. Anyway, okay. uh, the, other, the other supporters of the show are the Pinnacle Loan Group, uh, PinnacleLoans.com, ThePinnacleLoans.com. So easy. Jared did it. That's right. Um, it's uh, pool season. I was actually thinking about this too. You when's the pool? When, when, no, hell no. My <laughs> wife wants one. Uh, but when's the best time to buy a pool? Never. But true. The, but we were talking about being handy. Yeah. I'm pretty handy with that now. I'm pretty good at like doing things that need to be do done, and more of it's maintenance. It's not really fixing anything. Um, you switch filters. No, no, no. There's no filters. Um, I <laughs> oh, guess there is. So you do like, less. Uh, no, it's the pump. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's 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 yeah. But um, the, can you to do your question? Can you do all of the maintenance while drinking? Yes, and okay. well, and with no shoes on, no shirt, no power um, tools because it's water. I mean, and you're just comfortable. If it's really hot and you're sweating, jump in. Um, it it, <laughs> it is the best time to buy a pool is immediately <clears throat> now, right? And um, pay for it and pay for it as quick as you can because as soon as that's behind you, yeah. then it's uh, smooth sailing. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the pinnacle points of the day. Um, I'm going to go first today. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go second. Woke up, woke up this Called morning it. and... Um, I guess I'm third. Yep. Uh, yeah, me first. If, if Zach is second, that would mean you're third. That's a quarter of age as well. <laughs> um, uh, so I woke up to the results of the Women's World Cup result against Portugal. Third game in the group, um, needed to tie or win to advance, and they tied. 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, apparently, and I haven't seen any of the highlights. I've just seen the narrative. Uh, were there uh, highlights? Uh, I guess the goalpost, our goalpost, yeah. saved us. something minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. But at the end of the day, they advanced. But the shtick in, in the ride right oh, now man. is... They were celebrating as if it was like prom night. Um, I saw all that. 
and everybody is just losing their mind. And I've got mixed feelings on it. I have feelings. Um, they played. Apparently, they played. Apparently, they played horrible. They I realistically are uh, underperforming for what we expected them to, just game quality wise. Sure. Um, however. They advance to going on to the next round. And when you advance, look, just don't lose. Once you lose, you're out. And then you can really get pissed off about the team. But they haven't lost yet. Well, and, and let's talk about that for a second. Because if they, if they walked off the field pissed off mm-hmm. after Portugal in their first World Cup just lost out, yeah, that's shitty too. Like, you're in a bad spot because you don't want to walk off all glummy and being all pissy because you didn't dominate you still advanced and they didn't and you should celebrate that because that is a feat so the people that are and i carly lloyd was one of them oh i loved her i i, I looked at her twitter feed come <clears throat> on man I, I i don't know let them celebrate the fact that they're moving on if they didn't they would be chastised for being arrogant and pompous and and disrespectful i don't know i, I it's a lose-lose to, in that It's kind of like the guy who hits a grand slam and freaks out and people get upset when they're like, act like you've been there before. When, when Dude, I just hit a grand slam. Exactly. But, but, but I'm going to add a, a caveat to that, though, because uh, there was the, the, the soccer parent lifestyle group or whatever it's on Facebook. Yeah. It's like 36,000 people. Tons. They're losing their mind. And I, you know, and I, I dare I say, I dipped my toe in the water there and I'm like, look. I founded I, that page. You didn't. Uh, <laughs> Bu- Buford Mobley did, and you look nothing like Buford Mobley. Um, but, <laughs> but th- th- I I made a comment. I'm like, how is you know? I find it ironic that the people are th- yeah. freaking out over the way that the women's team responded to a horrible performance that they advance in are also the same people that cheer their little Johnny in a U8 game when they're up 10 nothing and they keep putting goals in the net. People yeah. are haters. That's what's going yeah, on here. In the United thing, States, yeah. people want to win, and then as soon as something's not going to plan, they're haters. You watch. Those same people that are acting like this, if they have some adversity and maybe lose a game in the knockout round, it's going to be I told you so. Really? They won the last three. And maybe they have a little turnover with Carly announcing the games, and they're definitely weak through the middle, and they're a little bit young up front. I mean, come on. We're going to be okay. <clears throat> well, we've talked about it before. Look, the rest of the world is quickly, rapidly catching up talent-wise. So it's going to be this way for a while. Zach, pinnacle point two. So I reached out Do to my, my uncle Bob Knapp, who has been in my life for a long, long, long time. And um, big soccer guy, born and raised up in Kalamazoo, uh, moved all around. And I asked him if he'd known any of the people that we've interviewed. So I sent him a list of some of the NASL guys. And he said, actually, I, I, I know Shep Messing. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent me a, a story that Shep had told him. And he basically said that Shep was playing at some park in Queens, in New York. This is before he got picked up for the NASL. And he said they were playing a, a, a team that had, um, it was a, a, a team of, of Latin American players. And a kid on that, like a kid of a, play, of a parent on the team, was told by his parents to go stick a pin knife in the goalie's calf, in his leg. And the kid actually went up and knifed Shep Messing 
nice during the game. But what's he going to do? Punch a kid in the face? Yes, absolutely. If somebody knifes you, I don't care what you are, you get punched. Yeah, he didn't. So kudos to Shep. But I just thought it was a really interesting that story. That is an interesting story. From the 70s in Queens. It's just a rough game out Did there. Did you tell Uncle not to, to tell us that before we had him on? Well, I yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. But next All time. All right, pinnacle point three. Stay on the mic there, rookie. I will stay on this mic. Um, the United Soccer Coaches poll came out today for the preseason rankings for um, basically all the divisions of college men and women's soccer, and we're going to talk about Division One. Uh, staying on the mic, guys that are friends of the uh, of the show. Um, there's there's this list is full of them. Missouri State, thirty three. Saint Louis University with the number one class recruiting class, twenty four. Uh, Tulsa, local, 16. Um, moving on, we have um, Duke University, 4, Kentucky, 3, and who's 2? I think uh, I saw this. Indiana University, and you know what? I, I, I skipped over one. The University of Akron's uh, preseason ranked 22. Yeah. So, um, guys that we have on, we're going to have on, um, the preseason poll uh, is – I got mixed feelings about it. I think um, especially close to home here with our preseason poll on our first team, I mean, that we, we, we make light of that and joke all the time that they got our name wrong and we weren't even there and here we are midseason, we're first. So really preseason polls mean nothing. But when you are in college and you're in Division One, or really for that matter Division Two, Three, and you have a body of work and you have incoming recruiting classes – I think they mean something, and for 17, 18 to 21 year old kids in programs, I, I, I think it's important. And I'm excited to see those schools, especially local guys here, that are littered in the top 35 of our country's top tier NCAA institutions. It's exciting, and they're fun to look at. Yeah, I think I, I saw that list, and I was just kind of guesstimating in my head if you scan through the, that top 30, you know, the top 35, whatever go through those teams, there has to be an 50, 60 St. Louis kids populating across those schools. I would think at bare minimum. Without a doubt. So it's it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, you know, with kind of, uh, you know, the elevation of the academies and more and more attention, even more than ever on Division One programs and the expansion of Division One programs here in our own backyard with Lindenwood, the most recent addition, uh, SIUE just announced their recruiting. Class. I mean, it's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to watching this season. Um, Let me ask you guys a question though, yeah. because I I don't follow college soccer as much as I probably should now, and, and probably what you are going to do. Yes, and similar to the MLS. Now that we have an MLS team, and I'm more interested in all that. <clears throat> but is it rare for a dark horse team or even? A series of teams to kind of emerge into that top, like 25. a Marshall or a, you see, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I, I know Marshall kind of came. It, it seemed in like there. they came out and of they're nowhere. High, actually, um, you know what? I think these preseason polls take into account specifically your record from last year, right? Um, potentially your incoming recruiting class, and absolutely your pedigree. Yeah. So I, I think it's probably rare for. Um, the 99 Rams to show up on the preseason poll, um, but but I think that well, not, on the, not on the preseason poll. I'm saying actually in the postseason, meaning 
forget the preseason poll. I'm talking about during the season. You're, you're talking about the dark horses? Yeah, that, like just some, yeah. some yeah. teams that were never even, they weren't even on this top I think it's gonna. I, I think it's going to happen more and more and more because of the expansion of international recruits and the transfer portal. Teams are going to be able to turn over exponentially faster than waiting the two, three, four years for players to develop because they're going to be able to take a lot of sophomores, juniors earlier in the process. Like with college football, you have your perennial kind of top 25. They're always, there's rarely like a, 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 a team that comes out of nowhere to break in the top uh, 25. I just didn't know if, if, if soccer had... I can kind of answer that a little bit, I think. Um, here, here's the way I'll answer it. I think that strength of schedule is is extremely important in the polling in, in NCAA Division One soccer. And I think the main heavy conferences of the Big Ten, the Big East, the ACC, the Pac-12, and other ones that I may be missing that are loaded from top to bottom, those schools with their strength of schedule and their success Success, they get ranked highly in those polls. Mm-hmm. However, the, the the teams that are going through into week five, six, seven, eight that are undefeated, that are beating some good teams and turning heads, they're getting noticed within them within that polling. <clears throat> and um, so, if I'm answering the question, you can have success throughout the year and end in the end of the season poll, especially how you do in the NCAA tournament, uh, without question. Well, one one kind of a closing thought I'd like to add to the whole college ranking season, et cetera, because I'm like you, Zach. Um, I probably watched a grand total of three college games in the last 10 years. Um, It just hasn't. I haven't been driven to the TV to watch college soccer. Right. Yep. Um, But having, you know, uh, a kid that's in the, the the path, et cetera, this show. and hearing, yeah, and talking to the other coaches. I'm speaking to all of you parents that have kids that are competitive, that think they want to play college soccer. Go. Go. Go watch these games. Go, go to YouTube. Oh, you know, man. you know, p- ping around on YouTube. I'll tell you. And for a couple of reasons. Oh. One, take a look at how fast they play. Take a look oh, at their styles. God. Take notes. You know, because you have to, the college decision-making process is not easy, period. Even if you're just going to get a standard BA in whatever, you have so many choices. And if you're an athlete, you know, it makes it even harder because there's, you know, the uh, so many other factors that come into play. Watch these games. Well, I'll tell you, the first time I went and saw... IU versus SLU at Gallagher a year and a half ago, was mm-hmm. that? Two years ago? <clears throat> Holy crap. I thought, I mean, it, it, the speed and strength and ferocity of every It was like Thunderdome. In a friendly. Yeah. This wasn't for a national championship. No, I think they did, had, they did play in the playoffs right before that, but it's intense. And so if you are serious, this is, you definitely need to go watch how, you know, see how, yeah. how, you, how you match up there. Bill and Chris, thank you. Pinnacle Loan fellers, uh, go to thepinnacleloan.com. You know, give them a shot. Um, appreciate the support. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have the man, the myth, <laughs> the legend, uh, Mr. Tom Strunk will be with us. Really looking forward to this, and we'll catch you on the other side. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. 
So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20-0 as freshmen? Really? Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really. As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So, when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. It's cheaper than a therapist. We're back. Right? You like that one, Jared? I do. I've always liked this intro. It's a fun one. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. You know, I go I go through like in my head what I think I want to play for an episode or what I think will fit. I always just gravitate back to KC classics. Yeah, all the time. It's easy because you guys never come in with a suggestion other than "Mommy Mia." <laughs> does it Does it have anything to do with that? We're seventy something episodes in, and we've had forty nine people from North County. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that is usually part of the equation. I figure. Van Halen one, not Van Hagar, Billy Squire, Fog Hat. Well, that was Squire. The last one you just played, that, that, was that Squire? Billy Squire. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, so let's get right to it. Let's, let's bring our guest on the mic here. We're really stoked for this episode uh, to end this conversation we're about to have. We have with us the Mr. Tom Strunk. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Would you mind coming low? There we go. Yeah, there great. You. Thanks for having me. No, this is great. We... Um, you're one of those guys that, um, in the current landscape, you're kind of everywhere. You know, you're 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 you've got your finger in the club scene. You you know you had the STLFC relationships. Obviously, you're deep embedded with uh, the current city. You you grew up in North County. You went to Rosary. All this stuff. And I'm I'm going to the finish line to first. How how do you feel today, right now, with what you're doing, what you're involved in with City, with City Park, the team, and looking backwards at all of the things that you've touched to get to this point, where, where's your heart and head at right now? Yeah, so my heart's full, <laughs> and my <laughs> head is uh, humbled and proud to be associated with it, frankly. Um, you know, you think, about <clears throat> you think about where we are today, and as you said, all the things that, you know, if we can go back to all the way growing up and playing the game and what it meant to you, but really even in the past 10 to 12 years with the involvement with uh, Gallagher and the youth club and what Jim and I have done to support that as a team. And then the FC years, which we were incredibly proud of those six seasons at the soccer park and wow. have incredible memories and don't regret any bit of it. But then now to see it, you know, two thirds of the way through the first season to see city park full to hear STL chanting from the North End and yeah. just the 
the incredible spirit that has taken over the city and you know everything from certain sections now are standing sections and certain are sitting yeah. sections <laughs> and you know it's just it's been a great it's been a great ride so um yeah the words that come to mind are pride and humility i'm just very proud to be associated with wow so, i go ahead go ahead I, i'm just interested in this particular kind of growth topic because i was a season ticket holder at mm -hmm. fc season ticket holder now and my kids have played at gallagher and i think about your not they're not parallel at all but watching worldwide grow from what it was <laughs> when you started yeah. to now and watching professional soccer in St. Louis grow to what it was then to now. What do you think the par are there? Can you draw any parallels from your experience? Maybe draw back on your CPA. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about something I'm still good at and I really understand. So just taking me over my skis. Uh, no, I'm just curious because yeah. I, I, I think about people who start a company or start a business or start a thing. And, and they have a vision, right, of what it could be, but then are able to, to actually ride the wave of success. And we've had a lot of folks on the show who've, who've done that, but you've done it in multiple areas or, and been a part of that. And I'm just curious if you can kind of talk through any of the, the points. I mean, you, you mentioned before we, we recorded meeting JB down at Gaslight for the first MLS approach, mm -hmm. right? So there are fits and starts. So I'm not asking you to be an expert, <laughs> Tom. I just think somebody in your position is, is unique to, to speak to kind of seeing things start out at a, a certain level, getting to a goal level and, and how that, that might have Good question. taken yeah, off. No, yeah. So <clears throat> I can work with that for sure. And I'll try to keep it uh, relatively succinct, but explore the question. So if you think about the way we think about worldwide, and I'll use Jim and I collectively, and it's way bigger than us. There's, you know, good friends, Joe Koenig, our president, who also played soccer, and yeah. we also have many people at work, believe it or not, that didn't play soccer. So it's a broad. <laughs> That's group a of lie. That Come on, that, that yeah. are responsible <laughs> for our collective success. But you know, one of the things that Jim <clears throat> believed early on and, and got us uh, engaged, uh, you know, from a worldwide perspective is. You have to be cognizant of two things. You have to be focused on the business side of the equation, and you have to be equally focused on the culture side of the equation. Okay, and those are two things from an early time. I joined Worldwide in 94 mm -hmm. that we were always focused on. Now, we got more formal with it over time. Sure. But again, making sure that you are equally focused on how do we treat each other, how do we treat our customers, how do we treat our partners, mm -hmm. and all of those behavioral things that make any relationship or organization break down if you're not clear and you can't work together to address those things. So that's that's a core tenant. And then the business side, you have to have the skills to <clears throat> grow the business, whether it's finance, operations, sales, et cetera. So those are things we believed from early on and carried those through. So now you fast forward and you translate that to <clears throat> Jim and I getting involved with Scott Gallagher and St. Louis Scott Gallagher, I guess it was just called after the three clubs had come together. This is 2011 and 12 and they had just put the clubs together and the previous leadership had stepped aside and jeff cooper after that very very first i guess mls effort mm -hmm. and um, we got a phone call to get involved with the club wow. and you know part of our part of our message it was kevin kalish at the time was 
hey, we'll get involved, but, you know, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, be careful what you ask for, because Mm -hmm. if we get involved, we kind of go all in. And we don't mean running it day-to-day, but we need, we mean we're going to set up this organization like we would and like we've learned from worldwide. So in that sense, we carried those same things right over. That's awesome. You know, what's the mission of the club to build the best club in the country? God, you can really see it. You can. Well, that's why I brought it up, because as a a season ticket holder at FC, I I, I would put, there's no way to quantify this. Without FC and the Luligans, which we'll, we'll get to, without them, I don't think the experience at City Park would be what it is today. I really don't. It would still be amazing, but I think the foundation that was set from a fan perspective, and I'm not talking about the quality of soccer or players that we, mm-hmm. we talk about all the time. Yeah. I'm talking about the fan experience that you started collectively at FC with, at, at, at Soccer Park just grew to City yeah, Park. Yeah, let me, let me ask you a question uh, because you guys, prior to um, <clears throat> really putting a shovel in the dirt, you know, when you knew this thing was moving forward, um, you guys went to a lot of MLS games. You went to a lot of stadiums. Uh, knowing that the worldwide tech uh, mantra and focusing on culture, and then you just talked about transitioning that over to St. Louis Scott Gallagher as a club, that funneled up to STLFC. When you, when you went around the country, was there uh, other environments or other cultures that really surprised you either on you know in a really really good way or a really really bad way or did you feel really comfortable with what you guys had already been doing and that was just a fun road trip for the most part yeah it's a great question and you know the big part in between there when it comes to this recent mls effort is obviously the partnership and the leadership of the taylor family which we wouldn't none of this experience would be happening without without uh, the taylor family and and them you know coming to Jim and, and the partnership together, but uh, they stepped up in a big way. And so um, they brought their own experiences from Enterprise, a very, very successful privately held right. company right. that have the same tenants as we just described with Worldwide right. in terms of starting here in St. Louis and how they built their business. So those two cultures kind of came together and aligned very quickly. And wow. so really by the time we're on the we're on the road trip, checking out stadiums and doing the fun stuff, it was more... It was more fun. We knew what kind of a culture we wanted to have. We wanted it to be a St. Louis feel, and we wanted it to be hardworking and, and have an identity on and off the field, which I think is starting to play out. So, yeah, very candidly for me, I was just, at that point, I was, fan, was fun. fanning out. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Checking Wait, out what's going on. What's just, Where's the training field? How far away is it? Um, yeah, that sort of thing. How good's the beer? How yeah, good's the burgers? The beer. <laughs> when you explain it that way, it, it's really I wouldn't say easy, but it it makes a lot of uh, sense with the success that we're having um, as a city with with the organization, and that's phenomenal. So these guys got kind of into the weeds and, and the cerebral question of you know of how it started and the, and the groups and the, the do's and don'ts. I'm, I'm more the fun guy, and <laughs> he's um, the flipping hammer. And right? my, my question um, is, and, and like I explained, we know a little bit to be dangerous or enough to be dangerous. Um, personally for you, um, had a kid in the club at Gallagher during those FC days, played for Jeremy Allen Ball, um, was around that area and, and been also around as the, the, as this got off the ground floor here. Um, how, um, after you just explained all of that success on the business, the, the, um, 
uh, your guys' beliefs and goals and the foundation side of it. How do you separate it specifically yourself to be just a fan? Because I think when I see you in and around the facility, when I saw you in that corner at that soccer park, you're a fan first. You're, you're a soccer guy, true and true. And you're there to have a couple beers, have some fun. And, and you just love the sport. And it, it's interesting t- to me that at the FC side, knowing your role, a lot of people probably didn't. And even now with City, maybe people don't know your role um, or, or what that even entails. And I don't even we'll maybe get into it. Why are you a fan first, and why the heck are you having so much fun? <laughs> Great question. I love the <clears throat> I love the setup. You know, I, I just love the game. It's it's been so good to me. I grew up playing. Um, it it got me to college. My friend group. You know, I, I have some friends outside of soccer. Um, my <laughs> my my job, my career. I owe it to soccer relationships. And so it's just a game that's given so much to me. So um, certainly I want to be part of it and I want to give back. But then just the experience of watching the game and especially how it's grown in this country. You know, I know there's a lot of just debate about development and your kids are right in the heart of a lot of it with academies and high school. And I've been listening to some of the podcasts and involved with that so, debate. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's a real, you know, We're going to get your opinion on this yeah. debate. Yeah, you're, you're on the hook now. It's a, you know, it's a real debate. But, you know, for me, you know, when if I step back to when we agreed at the club level to bring FC here, we really did it for the community. We're like, we're not. Jim and I are not in this to own this. This is, we're going to do this. We're going to do it at the club level. And we're going to make it work financially. We'll support it. And, um, you know, once once we went to a game and Jeremy introduced me to the Luligans and that environment, you know, it, it's infectious. And so the, the way I'm able to separate it is because um, I just, I'm such a fan of the game. And, and I'll tell you, it was harder at the FC days because, you know, I've, I was more involved with day-to-day decisions and had to be, but whether it's budgets or getting approval on players, you know, now it's a, it's a, you know, it's big business and the, the team and the ownership group has hired a full staff and yes, there's oversight from ownership, but you know, from my perspective, I can, I call it, I've like super fan access and it's <laughs> so cool. I, I, uh, I have kind of do a, what I do. I have a part B to that in, in it, in it, it is really in, involving the relationship with the Taylors, uh, because uh, Carolyn famously was uh, joked about, you know, uh, soccer for dummies book, right? You know, out of the gate, and then on the other side of the equation, because it really, you know, in the public's eye, this thing was enterprise and worldwide, right? And, and obviously, there's a lot of players involved beyond that, but that's really what it was face value. So you have Carolyn coming out you know, with the success that that family has nurtured over literally generations, uh, coming up here joking about soccer for dummies. And then on the other side of the coin, yourself and, and uh, Jim, um, how, did, how did that relationship work from a soccer perspective? Because you're, you're a financial guy, you're a numbers guy, right? Of course, uh, you know, the budget on the stadium, budget on the players, budget on staff, all that stuff, that's X's and O's. But as you well know, soccer is about culture. It's about emotion and, and making sure that you get your fans to believe in the, not only the team, the players, the system, but the experience. How did you guys navigate that? Um, and was it your soccer background that maybe propelled this thing further down the road than anybody had expected? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'd love to give Jim and I more credit than we deserve, but Honestly, the partnership became so natural to to us from from early on. 
number one. Our value, especially early on in my view, was just having been through it before and failed. So knowing the MLS players, knowing the landscape, knowing what it takes, um, having some of those relationships with the supporters group, for example. So that that's all that's all helpful. But again, I have to give the Taylor family and Carolyn and um, Lee Broughton, uh, Jason Tyne, who's uh, yeah. a family friend and the COO and um, been a longtime business associate that they brought over. These are smart people and um, they are quick students of the game. And collectively, the ownership group had a real vision for what they wanted us to look like. And its core tenants are the ones that you see, you know, St. Louis, community-based, hardworking. And, um, and so I'd love to say that, you know, Jim and I's soccer experience really made a, this specific difference. I think it was helpful, especially early on, but the collective group uh, deserves sure. all the credit. Um, I have a kind of like a, uh, I wonder if this is like a personal uh, uh, fun moment for you in the role that you're in, looking at the team you know, the relationship that you've had with St. Louis Scott Gallagher all these years, uh, not only, you know, in your own youth, your son, and, you know, the relationship with the club since 2011, 2012, roughly. How cool is it to walk into that stadium, 22-4, you know, that crest, everything that you guys have built, and then you get to look down on the field and warming up or playing or starting or subbing in is a St. Louis Scott Gallagher kid. How fun is that? It's very rewarding. Um, I also, as a fan of the game, I pay attention to City 2. Yeah. I pay attention to the academy rosters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being wearing both hats and having to be on both sides of it with still helping support and lead uh, the youth club in Gallagher and then being involved with City, had to help navigate that transition, right, yeah. from yeah. the only academy in town right. to City coming in <clears throat> and, and us being part of of, you know, kind of wrecking the, the number one thing that the club had going. And, right. you know, I'll give, I'll give uh, you know, Brad at the time who helped lead us through that from a club perspective, you know, a lot of credit and Trich and the, and the academy staff. We had to pivot our mindset in terms of what we're trying to do. And how do you do that? You go back to the mission of the club. Yep. What are we trying to do? Be the best club in the country, one that develops our kids on and off the field while giving back to the community. Well, guess what? The mission still applies. Yeah. And all we're trying to do now <clears throat> is to help kids get to the professional academy in town so they can go be them best selves and also be a place for those that, you know, we all know how this works. Not every, not all 24, I don't even know how many we're rostering on City, but, you know, I know it's in the mid-20s, but they're all not going to make it, maybe not even next year or maybe right. to the pros. So how do we create pathways and environments, and you guys use that word a lot, and I think it's appropriate to make sure that every kid can be them best selves and frankly, just enjoy the game too. I yeah. mean, it's such hard yeah, that's work. There's the such a time commitment. Yeah. Well, you got to make sure they're enjoying the game. Your, yeah. your, your ex coach, Joe Clark, he, he, that, that's, he, yeah. he was very big on that. Uh, very clear. Of, 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 of enjoying the game. I mean, making the game fun. He referenced soccer tennis. He referenced <clears throat> all these things that he grew up with when, in his coaching He's techniques. Playing with your buddies. Playing with your buddies. He said it, I mean, he said it multiple times, and he, he, he even, said, you know, I, I wish we'd go back to when U.S. soccer was putting 3v3 courts in public parks yep. and yep. little pop-up goals. And I think, you know, Joe, I, had, I hadn't met Joe prior to interviewing him, and his demeanor and passion, 
strikingly similar <laughs> to sitting in front of you, Tom. Oh. And I, I mean that as a very sincere compliment because he was one of the most humble and uh, just gracious people. Intelligent, well-spoken. Yes. I mean, and it, it, the list is endless. And when we would, you know, lay on a little praise, it was instantly, thank you. He'd pull off. But also... <laughs> Carolyn's great too. You know, Gansler should have had the or job. Or Gansler, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that goes to a theme, and you've listened to, I think, a couple episodes where the theme of the, those that kind of set the foundation for the soccer experience and, and quality and community here in St. Louis, which you, Jim, Carolyn, the rest of the, the, the ownership group really tapped into. And they did it without being so disruptive because you could have, you could have easily changed the whole landscape, but you chose instead to go with what's already there. So can you talk through some of those, those discussions around how do we tap into this without not Schrodinger's cat type of situation, but how do we, how do we handle the, the history here and the existing community that we have? How do we tap into that and really expand on it without disrupting it or, or, or wrecking it? Yeah, so <clears throat> great question. I can take this a number of different ways, but I, first of all, I appreciate, we can come back to Joe. I, I think highly of Joe and enjoyed playing for him. And he is a great guy, very humble and um, just an amazing track record. Uh, he never beat me in three-on-three in West Pine Gym. <laughs> Did he beat you in walls? <clears throat> you know, I... I I remember the three-on-three more than I remember the walls, but Timmy Strange is one of my best friends, and so he complimented Timmy, so I'm I'm going to give him that one. I'm going to give him that one. But, you know, in terms of, you know, we tried not to be disruptive, but let's be clear, there was a lot of people disrupted, right, in terms of, if you're an FC six-season season ticket holder and your team name's going away and you have to buy City Red instead of Blue and Green, excuse me, you're... You felt disrupted. Yeah. If you're the Gallagher Academy staff, you're like, wait a second, I'm losing 70% of my players to this yeah. first first year team. So there's a lot of yep. disruption. So so while we we tried to be um, cognizant of all those you know kind of parties that were going to be involved with this, we just also had to make decisions. And this is where I give you know the the team that uh, Carolyn put together to help make these decisions. That's still working for the club today. Just a lot of credit. You know, we have to create our own identity. We have to yep. tap into what's uniquely St. Louis. And then we have to go. And we have to, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We'll own those mistakes. And then how do we engage? And then, you know, the, the on-the-field stuff has been icing on the cake. And we can talk about that in a little bit. But the, the point is, the point is, um, you know, there, there, were some, there, there were some real disruptions. And part of, part of tapping into that is just acknowledging that and you can't help yeah. that. You know, yeah. if you, if you try to say, Hey, everything's fine. Don't worry. You know, no, we recognize there was just a lot of decisions that need to be made and changes that, uh, that happen to people. Yeah. And, um, well, and if you just ignore it, you know, you're not going to be successful. I appreciate that answer. And I think it's, it's so indicative of the experience that I've had. And we've talked about this a thousand times too, that while it is different, there was attention to it, and I think the communication out from the team back to the community has been... Well, like, from a uh, Scott Gallagher pers- uh, perspective, and I, I, I can't even begin to be in the back lines of Scott Gallagher other than I just right. had a kid playing in the system. 
And I felt there was a timeline when this thing was all announced that at some point within the inner walls of Scott Gallagher, definitely not you and Jim, there was a little bit of pushback, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they've kind of came full circle of what the goal of the club is. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's progression. It, it really is. It, it's exciting to see. Well, I, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what I was going to point out because we've spoke to both Brad and Tritt um, specifically about, you know, there was components of our conversation that talked about this transition. And, and they're both extremely quick to acknowledge the new role that the, that the club has. You know, and, and now you have we had Ren on uh, Herzog recently from Luke Fuse as well. And as you well know, they're they're picking up academies all yep. the way up. So we're going to see more of this. And I think that there's a clear cut pecking order that these clubs are leaning into. Or, or I should say the clubs that are leaning into the pecking order will continue to thrive. Uh, you know, I think Gallagher will shit this year. How many how many national titles kind of down the ranks for three, four, five? Well, the ECNL girls, you, you posted. Recently, mm-hmm. about their their two time yep. uh, national championship, Amazing. which is incredible. Yep. So I mean, so let me let me kind of pivot the 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 question line here, um, and that is, you know, this this passing of the baton, kind of that we're kind of brushing around here, uh, because within that stadium, you have a you have a very clean balance, a cool balance, a very retro balance of guys like Jim Leaker walking around in his green coat. You know, uh, Mike Sorber was there the other night walking up, you know, high and, and Pete, you know, with his dad. Yeah. And Pete, um, you know, so you have all of these guys that have been part of that foundation, the fabric that kind of was like built what we, you know, what you got, you guys put the building on top of this foundation that they've all built. Now the North end of the stadium the demographic is younger. <laughs> it's more fresh. They're 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 more digitally active. Um, yes, sure. There's some that are playing, but it's it's different. The the kids that are playing the clubs, you know, there's different pockets within the stadium and stuff. But you're building a culture that is really, I think you've done a brilliant job of looking at the pie of people, and finding a way to make City Park something for everyone. Was that part of the process um, for you, knowing that you can't walk around that stadium and not shake 50 hands, but at the same time, you got to pay attention to, you know, these TikTok kids and make them relevant. How, how did you guys, you know, balance that early on? Yeah, <clears throat> so great question. Uh, so first of all, uh, being an inclusive club and being a club for all was always part of the original vision. And that, that cuts a bunch, all the different dimensions, and I won't get into them all, but a few of the, you know, we knew that we needed to have a strong supporters section. That, yeah. that any authentic soccer experience, the supporters are the heartbeat of the stadium. Yep. So you've got to figure out how do you energize that group. Um, we also knew that we wanted to be a fully digital stadium. You know, the experience needs to keep evolving. And how do we make that fan experience from the moment you order your ticket to when you're trying to get a beer and get it quick or you're trying to find your kids popcorn how do we make that as seamless and easy as <clears throat> excuse me as possible for the for the fans and um so again we're you know even now we're still working some kinks out but yeah. that was very intentional Matt Seebeck um, and his team has done a really yeah. good job with that have they not well they, it, they really have and, and how it, much does it help that Worldwide Tech is kind of a technology company, right? It, it does help. <laughs> kind of. Most, <laughs> most, mostly because, you know, I like to tell Matt we trained him and he used to work for us before he went over to City. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a super, super talented guy and I still, 
Do you see him before the game with his headset? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. we had Jeremy and... Uh, Jared walked up to him and asked him for a double cheeseburger side of fries. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I, so we had Jeremy Tripp and who else was... Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to draw a blank. His yeah. lieutenant. Uh, He's your digital director. Oh, from the club. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had him on, them okay. on in a couple months anyway, ago. Anyway, I love when I go down the field occasionally, I'll give Matt trouble. I'm like, looking good in the headset, Matt. Yeah. Well, and so. his blazer. <clears throat> well, yeah. Always let's, got a, a nice blazer with his he's, let's, he's let's, dressed. Yes, let's he get away from the uh, business and all that boring tech stuff. <laughs> let's, let's talk soccer. Let's do um, it. We, all of us, uh, and I have to assume you included, uh, going into the season, we were all riding this immense emotional wave, you know, seeing the stadium built, seeing the names come out. And, and frankly, most of the names that were announced, we didn't even know who they were, right? Frankly, just being awarded season tickets and that madness of yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I finally won something Nine, in my life. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at 9.35. I'm, I'm staring at my <laughs> digital timestamp. I'm going to frame it. 9.35 a.m. I'm in. But, you know, going into it, I think the we were all so stoked about all those things that were happening. But the one thing that we were not, in, in, none of us were confident on, and all the pundits nationally and, and globally, frankly, were like, Psh, good luck. FC St. Louis is going to be last. Yeah. Hey, assholes, it's not FC yeah. St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then here we go. We go 5-0 and out of the gate. You know, the environment, I, I, I have to assume, there's no way you guys could have predicted that the environment was going to be that electrifying. So we'll start, start and stop there. But the soccer. Here we are at the break, uh, sitting top of the West, monstrous advantage in goal differential. Um, didn't, didn't really make a lot of moves, you know, at the break as far as like transfer market, et cetera. I have to think primarily, we got guys coming back from injury that are just as good as a transfer addition. Um, so we're going into it. Theoretically, we should be healthier, you know, going into the beginning of the second half in first place literally blowing up everybody's bingo cards. <laughs> How does it make you feel from just a soccer fan standpoint, knowing that your boys are doing this? Yeah, it's, it's immense pride, and I'm just loving every, loving every minute of it. Um, like you, we had no idea what to expect. You know, you read about these <clears throat> players on paper, and, you know, maybe we had access to some inside information that, hey, we think this team can be pretty good, you know. Maybe we compete for a playoff spot. You know, that's pretty much how Lutz would have described the team, you know, in February, if you will. And um, and then, you know, the first five games, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? When is this going to end? And, uh, you know, then we go on the road, we stumble a little bit, yep. and then we figured it out. And then, you know, you go on a little run, and then we stumble again, and then we figured it out. <clears throat> and then we go into the break, and... That's most impressive for me because yeah. of the speed bumps and, and as, a, as an organization and, and from the soccer side of it and from the technical director to the Lutz to, the, to all of the sporting director, LP. The, the, we can't pronounce his name, we so we say LP. LP. So Fan the success <laughs> and then the speed bumps and then how we responded being soccer guys at heart first – Business aside, St. Louis aside, pride aside, just from a sporting aspect of we did it three, almost four times, probably four times this year. We had a lot of success and then we kind of not we, we stumbled and then God dang, did they respond? Yeah. And that that that's just that, that's out of this world. Yep. 
Yeah, it's uh, Jared Inbeck, good friend of mine, head coach at Akron. Just saw him over the weekend, and he he talked about it kind of like one of the mantras at their program is, look, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad game. Just don't have two of them in a row, <laughs> right? And it looks as if that's kind of the what's going on on the field. Um, as we look at the second half of the season, you know, and you, I'm sure you probably are way in depth with your with your schedule coming up. You know who we have. You're looking at the points. You're looking at the potential of the playoffs. Project it, a little, a little bit of a guess. You know what? And give us your heart, your yeah. heart answer. Like, what do you, what are you realistically hoping happens over this next fifteen plus game run? Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to answer with my heart and in my head, and I'll I'll blend them together. So <laughs> I I really hope my heart hopes that we get these players back. We continue to rotate the squad and probably be the most effective team. <clears throat> rotating and playing as many different players as we've had. I don't know that it's step. It's been insane. <clears throat> insane. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, intuitively that we must be, you know, top three in terms of number of different lineups and especially the results we're getting. And you, you got to give, you know, Bradley and his staff just a ton of credit for how they've uh, managed the team from that perspective. So I hope that the players that are coming back up top and at the center back give us, you know, a boost yeah. and we continue to be – deep and tough to play against and maybe not always the most technical but pretty effective and pretty skillful in our direct pressing style and um like you jb i you know i think we can hold on to you know the the cushion that we've built will we finish top i don't know Um, but uh but it sure feels like we've have enough of a sample size against really good competition to uh to say that you know we're going to be in this thing through the end, um, it's it's funny. He says um, the most different combinations, which we've all watched uh, as far as different players combinations on the field. We're going to lead that, and hopefully we do because that means we're deep. It's funny. Miami's going to be second by just the players are freaking. Happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I was going to ask you that. You yeah. know, now now that you guys are kind of in this new club. And, you know, you, you're, you have the ability and privilege uh, to go and travel to these other stadiums and games and, you know, see some of, you know, just incredible players. When you knew that and saw that the whole messy phenomenon was going to come to the league that you now are part of, what did, what did that mean to you? Because it's, that's not a normal name, period. <laughs> so knowing that potentially over the, you know, I mean, maybe even in the playoffs, right? Um, that your team that you guys have all built will competitively, not a friendly, not a showcase, not some charity, you know, $10 million fundraiser game, a legitimate competitive game you might have a finger in comp- competing against Messi. He, wants, what, he was at the World Cup with them the last we, what three is, years. What, is, what, is that, what, is that, what does that mean to you? It, it's, it is a little <clears throat> bit surreal still. So I'll tell you, when I first heard the news, Maybe this is the finance guy, Zach, back to your the <laughs> yeah. first thing I did is, how is this math going right. <laughs> right. And I think we're still trying to figure all that out, <clears throat> frankly. I'm sure the IRS um, is also involved. <laughs> and the FEC. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> we digress. Um, but, you know, then it turns to the soccer fan part of it. And, you know, we knew we had that game on 7-15. Yeah. And, you know, your initial thought is, is that, could would they possibly do it? And then pretty quickly you start thinking, what would we do? Okay, no. you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna start them on the road. <laughs> no, just no, to get no, them no. get them used to it. And, in, so, in that environment, yes, exactly. So, um, 
So anyway, uh, yeah, but I I can't wait. I don't have any schedule right now to go yeah. to a game just to see him. Frankly, I'd almost prefer it, it, the first time I see him play an MLS be against our club. Um, but it's been fun to see what he does so far. It's been fun, um, yeah. Who, name one other name in the league, because now that you, you've seen a lot of players um, you know, on, on the road and at home. Who's, who's that one player, or, or maybe a team, that you're just like, damn, you know, they got it. He's got it. Who do you like? Yeah. And is it on our team? <clears throat> you know, I love our team, so they're always going to be number one <laughs> in my mind and in my heart. Um, I don't know if, like, that game against Columbus looked pretty good, yeah. or we looked terrible. You know, it's hard to. Yeah, they it's hard it to made me come. feel better. That's what I said. It, yeah, they turned around and beat. He's America four Jared, to one. Jared sends a group text to us this morning, like four one Columbus over Club. Well, that was me. Like, no, that was Zach. Oh, that was you. And then you commented, and I replied, like, "That makes me feel like we just laid an egg." <clears throat> yeah. Because I thought leaving that game, and 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 I'm ignorant. I'll just go down that road. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, we may not be ready. And Columbus beating that four, team four one just gave me a whole hell of a lot of relief. Like I'm like, I I just think we flat out laid an egg. Yeah, that's, it happens. That's, that's, it happens. I just don't have two in a row. Yeah, right. Club so, America was good. I mean, they, that was, hey, they looked really good. Yeah, they were so. Last question before yeah. we take a quick break: sure. Club America game. You you knew that the traveling supporters were were in route. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you expect it to be that kind of like they they raised the intensity a lot? I think a lot of our fans were like, "What the hell do we do now?" Mm-hmm. What What did you think when you were looking around? You saw all those pockets of white in the in, in the supporter section. How fun was that for you from a soccer fan standpoint? So it was a lot of fun from a soccer fan <laughs> perspective. What I didn't realize, <laughs> and they scored early, right? What yeah. fourth minute, fifth minute? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, did you hear the music they were playing? Yeah. I was like, "Why were they that playing? Coming? Yeah. Why are they playing their music?" It's our home game. And then, so I didn't understand. I should have thought about this. And yeah, no, I, yeah. I didn't understand the rules that, you know, it's sort, sort of a neutral Leagues Cup game. Well, and, they, they, well, I thought it was interesting. They didn't play the Mexican national anthem before the game. I thought that was interesting. I knew that it was technically their home game. I'd read that somewhere. So I wasn't right. surprised. Huh. But the lack of the, the na- uh, Mexican anthem, that surprised me. I was stuck underneath <clears throat> at the club um, before the game and I didn't get out. You know, there's like a time limit before you can go out there, and I was so I was stuck until the kickoff. Yeah. So I didn't hear the national anthems. I yeah. didn't know that they didn't play that. Interesting. Yeah. But you sure heard me. I sung a beautiful one. He nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> he crushed I mean, he crushed it. Yeah. All right. Here we here we go. Uh, we're down here at Urban Chestnut in on Manchester, home of what I think is the best New York style pizza in town. Have you you've had their pizza here? I have not had their. pizza. Oh my god, it's fire. Yeah. You know Union Loafers, the bakery around uh-huh. the corner. Yeah. That's the crust. Oh. Ah. oh Elevated. Pick, pick one up to go. There we go. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some refills, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more soccer and other stuff with Mr. Tom Strunk. Thanks, Tom. Sure. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. 
Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. like this one yeah I, I like anything with the, the acoustic guitar there's a few songs with acoustic guitar yeah but I'm real fond of it what's your favorite acoustic classic rock song name just name one it doesn't need to be your favorite name another one I like the Willie Nelson version of uh, the Pearl Jam song what's that called oh uh, breathe yeah just breathe yeah what about uh, wish you were here you like that one <laughs> that one's good. You guys, you guys are good. Is this Marshall Tucker? It is. Right. It is Marshall. Well Tucker. done. Can't Test you in see? My knowledge. There we go. I like it. We'll bring you back. Yeah. I get plenty of people that are like, is that Spotify seventies road trip? Yeah. Right. That's it. <laughs> All right. We're back. We are with Mr. Tom Strunk from Worldwide Tech and City SC. Father of three. Slew grad. X's and O's all over the place. Uh, really appreciate you staying here with us and not leaving at halftime. You bet. Happy to do it. <laughs> we had oranges. <laughs> oranges. Uh, vest sodas and oranges. Yep. What was your What was your halftime protocol as a kid? Oh, yeah. Orange slices for sure until probably high school and then you yeah. know, back to just ice water. And- That's a good start. Yeah. Let, let's go down that road. Let's. Uh, we went through the whole business route and whatnot. Let's, let's, let's listen to and hear about Tom <coughs> and the youth coming up. Yeah, I want to know how you got into the point where you had a baseball card <laughs> from the storm. So wow. let's, let's go from early to, to early storm. to the storm. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Sure. <clears throat> um, so I heard you had Mark Mosier on. Mentioned this to you guys before. <laughs> Did you before. have trash can beers? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna muscles. De- I'm gonna debunk a lot of his stories. Mus- <laughs> muscles <laughs> and mullets. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so no, Mark. Uh, Mark was from Saint Jerome, so I, I grew up in Saint Jerome Parish, um, North County. But as uh, many people do, you have to identify inside of North County. So Bell Fountain neighbors. Okay, there you go. All the way north. Yeah. And um, and then went on to Rosary High School. Um, played for. Uh, John Mormon, uh, okay, uh, the coach that went on to coach at Priory all those years, and um, great coach, and played for him on the high school side. And on the club side, my first year of club ball back then was U14, and um, happened to be fortunate to become friends with lifelong friend today, Steve Kickham, that brought me out to a practice. And uh, Tommy Howe was the coach, and Steve was already on the team. I was on the sideline just there as a buddy of his. Tommy Howe's not doing real good right now. You know that? I have saw him, yeah. I'm That's, thinking about him. Yeah, constantly. I'm thinking about him too. We need yep. to get him on the show immediately because uh, that Well, guy, just the lives he's impacted. Yeah, oh, exactly. Those, those so stories, those stories I, I need to be told. I just to bump in and make sure that maybe this was more appropriate for after the show, but uh, I'm, I'm glad, yeah. So continue on. Yeah, no. So, but Tommy means so much to hundreds if not thousands of players in terms of the lives he's impacted positively through the game of soccer so he means a lot to us um and always thinking about him um but yeah so um so u14 gallagher my first team and uh ended up playing for either tommy or dan gaffney between 14 and 19 um along the way between you know rosary um and into college tommy became the assistant at st louis u and so um, I didn't have a scholarship there. I walked on, met Joe Clark, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe said, hey, you've got good grades. 
we can offer you a bit of an academic financial aid package. Um, but, you, you know, no soccer money, but you're good enough to play here. It's weird and, they didn't cut you, though, right? right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, Dave. <laughs> that was a funny story. Yeah. Somehow I made For it through other that, people. First, that first training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this isn't going to work yeah. out. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so I, I made it there and uh, um, got, you know, my first, played in the first game, uh, didn't start the first seven games started the eighth game and then I started the rest of the rest wow. of the time Congrats. at St. Louis. As a walk on, that's impressive, especially yeah. during that area with those names. The era with those names. Yeah, there's a few hammers. Who who are some of the who are some of the guys uh, you know, during those years? and this is a common question I ask mm-hmm. from people about the teams that they were on. Yep. You know, and uh, who are some of the names on uh, on those teams that you were just like, damn, that dude can ball. Yeah. Right? Well, I there's, couldn't wait. There's so many of them. <clears throat> so yeah. my freshman year uh, Jim Cavanaugh, you know, he was our left back. So just Heard coming it. off yeah. a year with the Olympic team. Wow. And uh, funny story, when I did get time that first game, I came in at left back. I still remind him of that sometimes. So he, <laughs> he took a 15-minute spell. Um, eventually I moved to sweeper, which they don't play anymore. But um, And I was playing with him most of the time. So, um, But, you know, Jim was on there, Tom Hayes, Steve Maurer. And then we had, a, we had a good freshman class, myself, Timmy Strange, Steve Eyes, um, Kevin Gork. Um, yep. So, you know, just names that are all around St. Louis. Are there 1,000 Gorks in this town? <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Gorks. I mean, they're playing and starring through the decades at every yeah, college. Male, female, the offspring. That's unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're great. Um, and then, you know, and then as I got older... Um, played with you know guys like Steve Koontz, who was younger than me. Wow. Um, Richie Bright, uh, Mark Santel, you know, yeah, two-time Sant- All-American. Ama- yeah, amazing. Mark was a roommate. I mean, just great. Friend. These guys, when I was a youth, these were like my. Th- these guys were like your Carl Rose to me. Yeah. I mean, these guys were. I mean, my dad would take me to the Slu games, and these guys were phenomenal. Yeah. He's aging me, is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He did that uh, subtly. Uh, and did that all the time. <clears throat> there's a million guys, you know. Dan Walters, who's a year over me, he's, you know, he was a, maybe an All-American, but, you know, scored 10 goals a year, seems like every year, and Steve Fusion goal, All-American goalie, mm-hmm. so, you know, there are so many names, but so from a, proud. So, from a soccer standpoint, then, because that, that was kind of a, a, what we call middle earth, middle years, mm-hmm. between the demise of NASL, uh, MISL was clearly, a lot of teams were just folding by the minute. Um, you know, indoor leagues, they, they percolated throughout that time frame. But for all intent and purposes, there really wasn't, other than kind of road dog, you know, A-leagues, <clears throat> there wasn't really path, uh, you know, in, in that little gap of time until, you know, post the World Cup and MLS <laughs> came. Um, so, you know, when, when the 94 World Cup hit, you know, you're a young professional, you're, you're four, five, six years into your career, um, and then you knew the league was coming. You know, did, did you ever think back then that, hey, someday I'm going to be part of that? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little pinky in the mix because this is the game I love and, you know, I'm, I'm going to find a way. Did, you know, could you, could you imagine going back to yourself then and saying, hey, psst, guess what? You know, yeah. go forward. Yeah, I, I can't, and I didn't. And um, <clears throat> that's why it, it's so surreal. That's why at the opening I use the word proud and humble to be part of it, to think about how far the league's come and that I'm just a very small piece of this. Um, and it, it, it was interesting. You know, you, you guys 
probably know this from when you played and you stop playing and you start your life and you get busy with all these other things right and so you you lose track with the exception of following your friends that may still be still be playing and um that's that's exactly what what happened to me so um so no what you know once the league took off and uh really started to grow is when I started paying more attention to it and again obviously excited um, Zach, to finish your question on the yeah, card, the I just want to set—I just want to set the record straight. Okay. <laughs> I did get drafted by the Storm in the third round. Uh, Danny Donegan, you had on. Yep, he was yep. the first-round pick. <clears throat> My college roommate Steve Eyes, another classmate of mine, um, was the second pick, and I was picked third by the Storm. There was only four. <laughs> there was only four rounds. Yep. So they were moving yeah, way down. I the, know hey, all about that. Way down hey. the chart. Hey. And then, um, but Danny, he lived with us over that summer. You know, between draft and when they started informal camps, really? before he signed, a yeah. small world. Awesome. Yeah, so and I got he, to know Danny son, very well. Uh, full yeah. circle. His son is now a U15 academy player in yeah. City. That's yeah, awesome. and yeah. he deserves it. I yeah. gotta, I gotta go down this road because before we get above ourselves and ahead of ourselves and all those things, maybe too late. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're late your, to the party. Your son, who's in California, you had mentioned. Um, grew up and played in the same age group with AJ. Mm-hmm. AJ Palazzola, who was yeah. a star for our City 2 team last year, which I'm sure you had to have a lot of pride and I and, and, and like I said, I know enough to be dangerous. Um, I know you have a very good relationship with that family. Um, so the high school versus academy. Mm-hmm. AJ's one of those kids that continued to play high school at CBC and he's had a lot of success. Um, you've heard a lot of the episodes, it sounds like, and I would just like to just be quiet and just kind of get your opinion, your 10,000-foot view of what it was then, what it was now, and what your hot-button topic opinion is of, uh, of, the, of the issue at hand. Yeah, play, player development, academy yeah, versus high school. <clears throat> so, first of all, it's parents talking about their kids, so it's always <laughs> going to be emotional. Yeah. So you just got to know that going in. And um, <clears throat> I really feel the way today as I felt back then except the landscape has changed because there's more there's more opportunity at the academy level which is putting more pressure but it's also creating more opportunities for other kids that maybe right. would never have made the high school team so I'm empathetic to the emotions on both sides um, when I look at Shane my son um, he was a good academy player he was never going to be a pro um, but it was a path that's how he got noticed he ended up going to Dayton he, he probably wouldn't have ended up at Dayton. Um, career got cut short by concussion, but he loved the school, and he's got great friends from there. He's living with a guy from Dayton Absolutely. that's uh, out in California, and so I don't. Re- there's no regrets. You know, you you can't look backwards. But when you think about whether it's then or now, <clears throat> the only advice or perspective I would uh, I would give is you you just have to you have to talk to your kid and you have to just try to figure out what what do they really want to do. Yeah. And there's, you know, there is a there is a path this way, and the environment is ten months, and it's harder, and you're traveling, and there's higher expectations, mm-hmm. or there's very good quality high school soccer at certain schools. I don't want to disparage, you know, a public school and right. I do you know, the certain where, schools. Let's that's in yeah. bold. But go ahead. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. You know, not not all high schools are created equal, just like not all clubs are created equal or whatever. But um, you just have to make that choice. And, and frankly, you know, uh, understand what you're understand what each is going to do for you. Yeah. And AJ is a 
he's an anomaly. He's a great, great player. And what an ace. That kid from seven years old, he knew where the ball was going to be. Like at seven, he would intercept balls that I'm like. Kevin Robeson, who coached him, yeah. uh, a really good compliment said he'd go into a foxhole with him. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, so not just did he have the soccer IQ and the skills, you know, but he had the heart of a lion and well, does he, have the heart of a lion. You still see him at City Games. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, still he's battling. Just, he's, yeah. you know, hanging around. And yeah. um, I think, you know, he's he still has a lot of potential. I, I want to get into something a little different. And you and Jim and Joe Koenig and others have, have really, in addition to what you've done at Gallagher and now City and other places, have really dumped a ton of effort, time, and money into a variety of organizations, charities, etc. I follow you on Twitter. Mm. I know about Cameron. I have several friends who have daughters and, and sons that are in similar situations. And so I'd love for you to give us an opportunity or give you an opportunity to kind of talk through some of the, the events or organizations that you really want to promote beyond the soccer pitch. Uh, because I know it's a big part of your life, and I know it's it's a big passion for you and, and your family, and I want to give you the opportunity to kind of walk us through some things we might not even know about um, that in our audience might not know about, and, and I just want to open that for you. Wow, thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. So first of all, I'm incredibly blessed to work at Worldwide. Um, our mission, you know, we talked about the importance yep. of mission and culture and business. Our mission is to be a profitable, very simple, profitable growth company that's a great place to work for all. Part of being a great place to work for all is making sure that team members feel a real connection to the company. One of the ways you make a connection is by giving back to the community. It's really an obligation of any successful business to figure out how to create ways to give back to the community. Right. And so... That spirit has been instilled in me through my friendship and partnership with those two people you mentioned, Jim and Joe, and just Dave Stewart, you know, Jim's co-founder, and just the entire organization. And so that's kind of the foundation. And then when I think about it personally, and I relate it back to Worldwide, what we, what we ask and offer people is just get involved. And if you're involved with a charity and you're giving your time and talents to it, we will do our best to support you. And you know, Joe, my good friend, you know, he battled cancer for five years, so he has an affinity to, uh, you know, BJC and, and cancer research down there and is putting, you know, his personal time, effort, and money into raising money there and would support that guy through <clears throat> through anything. And then, you know, uh, Jim, just so many different charities he's involved <laughs> with, I can't even begin to mention. And so I'm not going to take the opportunity to, like, really plug one particular one, but just the, the true, what I, what I consider to be um, honor and privilege, frankly, to be able to be successful and be able to have a mentality of giving back is something I'm proud to have learned through Worldwide and, and growing up there and try to carry it forward. As it relates to my daughter, Cameron, yes, she has autism. Um, I just uh, generally try to um, promote anything that has to do with special needs and inclusion and just an understanding that um, that people are different and they may have things that you can see and they may have things that are hidden. And if you don't have an open mind and an empathetic and uh, open heart, you know, you're missing out on what, you know, different individuals can bring to 
our world. And, and, you know, my wife and I, we live it firsthand with Cameron. So, you know, specifically, there's a bunch of different autism charities. I happen to belong to the board at the YMCA. YMCA, if you don't know, doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, it's not just a swim and gym. And, right. and they're a nonprofit, and they support families that can't afford it. Yep. Yep. And um, so there's a lot of kids, single parents that have special needs that in the summer, they have nowhere to go with these kids during school. And so my my work there and my fundraising helps to go support those That's types of programs. Powerful. That's so, flipping powerful. So I got to ask you a question. Is there a better meal of the week? Than your Saturday morning breakfast with Cameron. <laughs> Not Maybe, for me. Because yeah. let me let me qualify this question. Uh, I'm I'm a political junkie. Okay. Uh, I used to really love Twitter, and then it became what it is now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just I I've changed everything to X. <clears throat> yeah, whatever X is. <laughs> you know, uh, soccer, and I'm trying to like clean the feed. And I have to say, for a long, long time. Uh, to a degree, subconscious. I didn't even realize it until I started really noticing it. I couldn't wait for your tweet on Saturday morning with that breakfast, you know, just to, to, just to get the commentary. Because every photo, I, you know, because you could see the, 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 the differences on different mm-hmm. days. And, you know, and I just, I just kudos to you because it's like you, you put, you're putting it out there and it's like, just be inclusive. Just be engaged. And I'm like, I'm gonna have bacon and eggs with Tom and his dog. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest. And, and what? Yeah. I mean, my question is, what's the order? What's the go-to? And what's the diner? Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I because I noticed the uh, the uh, the old '60s uh, gloss top. I'm like, man, that's a that's a diner. That is not like, you know, uh, rooster. <laughs> yeah. So she's a. Uh, so first of all, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, maybe I'll just speak briefly. I don't even really remember exactly how this started, except I had Twitter, and it was back in the day where people were posting stupid crap, right? Like pictures of food, pictures of your food, yeah. and I never did that. I don't think we can go back to the time. I, I kind of miss that. I just now. posted a picture of this beer. It looks <laughs> wonderful. By the way. I should have got that refill, but um, there's still time. It looks uh, anyway. So I just started taking a picture of Cameron, and you know that would be the time that my wife who is her main caregiver all, all week long when I'm working. It would just be a little break and some one-on-one time for us. And um, anyway, started posting a picture and I'm like, you know what? She's funny. This is when we catch up. I'm going to start creating a little awareness and just kind of built. So the fact that you, you know, that you're one of many and I'm very grateful that say, hey, I really enjoy your tweets, you know, helps inspire me to keep it going. And it's, it's really just nothing more than I hope it creates a little awareness and hopefully a little joy and yeah, what can be a very I, I, toxic, well, go jump toxic in quick. Yeah. Well, let me, yeah, because so, I, I want to, I'm going to add just kind of a closing comment uh, in reference because I, I, I think of you on those Saturdays because, you know, you wake up, usually that tweet comes out about nine, nine thirty ten 10, somewhere in there after you guys had your breakfast. And if it's a game day for a split second, I'm like, man, think of this guy's bookend of a day. Right. He starts it off with his daughter that, you know, he's clearly, clearly loves and is engaging and trying to bring awareness to this. But in about, you know, 12 hours time, you know, is going to be kind of part of the, the maestros of that, that made this whole thing work. I mean, is it, are your Saturdays better than anybody else's Saturday? <laughs> I, well, I hope everyone is enjoying in their own way <laughs> their Saturdays or their Sundays. But uh, yeah, mine are. Uh, I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. I, to be I, just, part of it. I was going to say, I I didn't know you as the soccer or worldwide guy 
I just knew you as Cameron's dad. Honestly, oh, that's, cool. that's, how, that's how I knew you on Twitter. Oh, thank you. And so when we were talking about, we got to get Tom Strunk, I'm like, Cameron's dad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm excited, but okay. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started learning more about who you were. And, and one of my best friends from high school, his daughter just turned 16, has autism, uh, goes to school, at a public school up mm-hmm. in, in, in Winsville. Um, and he talks about how things are so much different now for kids with autism in the public school specifically than they were probably when we were growing up and just how the kids are more open to different things and there's more opportunities, there's more engagement, more activities. Can you talk a little bit about on the sports side of things? You know, that's an area that of inclusion. You think of Special Olympics, you think of the YMCA, but it kind of ends there for, for people who don't know. And so are there other avenues for for parents for kids that have you know maybe a, a either a hidden disability or dealing with something else that there are there avenues for sport for kids like that yeah it's, so it's a great question um and i'll start with the blanket statement i wish there were more and i wish they were publicized more but uh, speaking of giving plugs to great organizations in town uh, if you're not familiar with spensa special needs yeah. soccer association um, they host uh, clinics in the fall and the spring out of the park. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's an hour and 15 minutes every Saturday morning starting at 9 a.m. And boy, is it just a wonderful experience. Um, I, I've been out there to witness it. Um, I'm, I'm busy on Saturday mornings and I, I've not been able to get Cameron. I've never been able to get Cameron to partake in it. But, uh, but I've been by there later on towards the end of the sessions. And to see, you know, the joy on the kids' faces playing the game that we love is really special. So um, they do a great job, and I'm sure there's others. You know, the YMCA has some programs, and, and there's other. I'm sure there's others. But uh, I wish there were more, frankly. Let's uh, – I, I love it. I mean, that's a, that's a great change of pace for us because you were usually so far off the rails that <laughs> – People are like, what are these guys talking about? And that's just enlightening for a minute. And I thank, thank you, you for that. Sure. Um, let's let's shift back to a little bit of soccer. Uh, you talked to you, Jared. Nobody can see me pointing at you. We're on a pod. <laughs> you talked earlier about like, yeah, JB pointed at Jared. Um, you guys have been to how many World Cups, did you say? I just, I, I don't know the amount, but I know... This gentleman, hearing from friends and guys that work at Worldwide, that these guys have have been taking different trips uh, recently over the last couple decades to World Cups, and I think you've been involved in some of them. and And I think the last World Cup in in, in Qatar, or Qatar, however you say it, um, you know, it was they got a lot of business done beforehand. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I'm kind of reading between the lines. And as these guys are extreme soccer fans, can you talk about the trips to the World Cups? Can you talk about what ones you've been to? Yeah. Who have you been with? Where's the best food? Where's the best um, nightlife? Where Where did you feel most at home? Where was the best time? Just and don't answer all those questions, but just can you spit game a little bit on your World Cup trips with 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 the group? You bet, you bet. So again, another reason I'm fortunate to work at Worldwide and just blessed. We have I've been personally three. I think Jim Jim's been to four because I think he went to South Korea. And uh, was it South Korea and Japan that mm-hmm. co-hosted? Yeah. yeah, they co-hosted. So yeah. in 2002, my first one was 06 in Germany. 
and I'll come back and I'll rank them and I'll give you some color. <laughs> nice, on them. that's nice. what you're looking for. Yeah, that's 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 color. Yes, um, the dirt. Oh <laughs> six in Germany. We skipped South Africa in ten. We went to Brazil in fourteen. Whoa. We skipped Russia, and then we went to Qatar or Qatar. I'm not sure which one's right. Yeah. Um, my uh, by far the best one was Germany, and I'll come back to why. The worst one was Brazil, mm. and I'll explain that. And I the middle one was one. Qatar. Um, and I'll start with Qatar, the most recent one. Um, incredibly clean, convenient. I mean, every stadium, the furthest we drove in traffic was one hour. How hot was it? Um, not as bad as you think. Really? Yeah, okay. really. It really How wasn't. sandy was it? Very sandy. <laughs> very sandy <laughs> once you get on the outskirts. But, you know, think about a, think about a city... That in a country that's you know fifty years old, but most of the infrastructure is less than ten years old. Yeah, I mean not a right, not a pothole. There's no weather to create wow. a pothole. Wow. It was just amazingly efficient. Brand new stadiums, beautiful air conditioned, and so from a fan getting around and just the soccer piece of it was great. Yeah, it was was awesome. Now, you know you want to go on a non-game day that we're going to. And we did actually work. We, we went over to, uh, we have some business in the UAE. So we went over there for a couple of days in the yep. middle of it. <laughs> so right uh, off. I've got, the, <laughs> I've got the receipts to prove it. <clears throat> so we got some IRS. business. We do have see. IRS agents that listen to the show. <laughs> however, however, the, you know, the fan experience, I, you know, you know, we enjoy a couple beers watching the game. You know, that was harder to do. They had rules uh, that they changed along the way. So that was the middle one. Brazil, you would have thought, would have been the best. Big country, terrible to get around. Yep. We were in um, Manaus where we had to fly into the jungle for the most humid, miserable game. I can't even remember who they played there. Um, I should have a better memory there. And then the other game we were in, Recife, where it rained nine inches oh, up until the game. A bus ride that should take an hour took us four and a half hours and we missed the first half of the u.s portugal game where ronaldo walked off at the end off you remember that yep we tied him one one yep and um and you know so that was that was like terrible just terrible and stressful however didn't we learn yesterday uh talking to vader that brad davis in the world cup his parents missed same they, game. they were on the, the bus. Same game. Same game. Yes, yes, they were on the bus with we, you guys. Probably. We, well, we were we were on one that there was three buses coming because we stayed yeah. through U.S. Soccer. We were on one that got there at halftime. Oh, uh, yeah, there were parents that didn't missed actually it. missed the game. They missed the game. The yeah. parents of uh, yeah. So oh, it was brother. it was brutal. All right, Germany, which Germany. I've been to Germany and played there for a, for like about a month. That place. <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah. Just, Is there a better place for beer? <laughs> that, well, that that's uh, you mean. There was a lot to love about it, but we were stationed in Frankfurt. We went to Kaiserslautern, saw U.S. tie Italy, one to one. You know, best U.S. game I've ever yeah. seen. You know, just wow. atmosphere, excitement. And if you have you been to Kaiserslautern, the stadium's uh, yes. up this hill. No, it's, I have not been. And you, you and there's this town full of bars, you yeah. know, kind of underneath. And so everyone's partying here. You march up the hill in, and then after the game, you march out. And you so you roll down the hill. Every, roll down the hill. <laughs> USA, USA, and then we saw. We saw um, a game in Nuremberg. Spain beat Tunisia 3-0. And then what was the other game? Anyway, we saw three great games. And um, But the off days when we didn't go to a game, uh, you just go to a bar, 
is go to a bar, flip on the TV, and yeah. party with whatever fans were there, uh, and just experience the world's game, you know, and, and the soccer fans was great. So, from a culture standpoint, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this full circle back to city. I mean, you know, those experiences like that clearly they had to have affected a lot of kind of the input and uh, strategy, you know, into what you guys have built down on market. Um, you know, do do you see? Do you think that we've accelerated to the point where City Park, um, over the next two, three, four years, as more things are developed in the neighborhood, et cetera, do we turn into kind of a Kaiser Slouten environment um, to where we're going to pull more and more yeah. new fans yeah. to the game? Karlsruhe. From, from yeah, yeah, just that environment standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I think what's going on in downtown West is, is amazing, and we're just starting to see the impact that um, the investment there can have. And I think about it inside and outside the stadium and, you know, just circling back a little bit to some of the comments about the various groups around the stadium, you know, the the energy the supporters bring, it starts there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just, and I said it once, I'll say it again, there is nothing like being, you know, two minutes from kickoff and hearing STL just reverberate through Let me stop you there. So you've been to the the three World Cups that you just explained. You've played this game. I would imagine with the corporate world you're in, you've been to very high-level sporting events. The other day, I was – not the other day. It was one of the city games when we were on one of our runs. um, Walking in with my wife, I had reached over to her, and I said, do you feel that? Um, there is an electricity in that state in that stadium that you guys helped create that the fans are continuing to percolate if you will um there are very few stadium experiences even in that 22-5 intimate stadium i i can't explain it i mean with the games that you've been to Talk about it. I mean, I mean, I understand these World Cup games, the USA game that we tied mm-hmm. Italy. It's hard to it's hard to replace. But you probably went to the nineteen ninety nine season with the Rams. You've been to multiple World Series games. All these things. There's not much replacing that right now for a stadium experience in our backyard. Yeah, I you know before City Park opened, ninety nine uh, NFC Championship game for the Rams. Yep, a few World Series. Cardinals games I've been to, those were the best because they were our team. They were home. Sure. Great environments outside, you know, World Cup games and all that, but that was our town. There is nothing, there's nothing even for me personally like that opening night at City Park. No. We have to play Keller's song on the way out. You can feel it in my bones. Oh, (laughs) 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 Yeah, I mean, just can, can you, I mean, like, I think about this. What would I feel, and I can't imagine what you would feel, if we continue to not have two bad games in a row, theoretically, we'd have a legitimate shot to, to make a run to, to the finish line. I mean, can you, do you, have you thought, or do you, have you like, are you just trying to hide that, that, that possibility because it's just too much? Yeah, I'm burying it deep down. I, <laughs> I, lived, through, I lived through the, uh, the FC years where I, I literally, oh, yeah. you just had to, you had to, can't get too Ride high it. and you can't get too low. So I've just carried that over, yep. 
into city, and that's the that's my public stance. I'm grinding on the inside every game. <laughs> so trust me. So I've got, I've got kind of a closing question here. Sure. Kind of a, I've I've been wondering about this because St. Louis is a small town. The the C suites in particular are very close across all industry, specifically in sports. How fun is it? for you guys to be top of the pile compared to the Cardinals and the Blues right now. <laughs> don't get too high and don't get too low. You know, well, I think we're, repeat the we're, statement. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're grateful for where we are at the moment, but yeah. we also recognize that uh, the higher you are, the further you fall if you, uh, if you don't execute. And we're just grateful and thankful for all the support and really appreciate what you guys are doing here. Well, thank you very much. We are, we are grateful and thankful that you joined us. I mean, this, this, is is, fun, this has been a lot of fun and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have you back, but let's, you know, every so often bring back get a little update, see how things are going because we'll have new games to talk about experiences and uh, breakfasts to put on the <laughs> table. So <laughs> thank you for joining us, Tom. Really appreciated your time. You bet. Yeah. Congrats yeah, on what uh, you guys are doing. Uh, thanks for, uh, you know, for me, thank you again, um, Zach. I, I just, uh, this is one of those guys in, in our area that he belongs on this show for us, and uh, it's a proud moment, and thanks, Tom. Good luck well, to you. It's just a voice that I think more people need to hear for a variety of reasons, and so I'm very thankful and, and grateful that you came on. I thanks, appreciate Tom. it. Thanks, guys. There you go. Take care. Take care, guys.